The Long Way to India. A podcast about my fairly haphazard attempt to cycle from the UK through to India in 2019. Episode 3, Into the Desert. So, on day 101, we have got into Russia. Uh, took about an hour, actually. The, the last leg, getting through Russian sort of border control, was quite tough. Had to fill out this tiny little form, which was really a test of how small you could make your handwriting and also interpret uh, interpret the Russian language to understand it. But anyway, I think I got it right. He seemed to accept it in the end, and then they did a quick bag search, and all the border guards are really friendly, though. I think they just think you're a bit crazy when you come through on this bicycle. So, yeah, we are into Russia. I have no money, um, and I think I might be quite a long way from a town with a bank machine. I've got a bit of food and water, so should be alright to get through it. In the end, it was a 60 kilometre ride through to the first major place, the town of Durban. I then set off along a fairly sketchy coastal path, as it meant I could avoid the highway for about 50 kilometres, and also camp near the beach that night. So a fairly disastrous morning in the end it turns out. Um, yeah, there was a bit of tarmac road along the coast, but that ended pretty quick, and then it was a pretty awful sandy road. And I did about 10 or 12 kilometres along there until I hit a river. That I just could the, the bridge had gone, if there ever was a bridge. And there was no way to cross the river. And I got to the, to the point where the river met the sea, but that was impassable as well. I waded in up to my chest, just to see if I could get across. But... Yeah, there was no way I could do it. It was sort of about 40 metres of wading through about chest-high water. I mean, carrying the bike is a recipe for disaster, so I had to turn around, so I haven't achieved a lot this morning. Again, I'd been let down by my optimistic route planning, but I made it to Makachala before nightfall and even had time for a quick dip in the sea. I can only describe the place as the Russian version of Scarborough, a big family resort that had maybe seen better days. I stayed in a classic communist-style hotel, ran by a really friendly old madam. This was probably my high point in Russia. After this, I basically had a 500km time trial over four days to get out of the country before my visa expired. And I'd also heard that Dagestan probably wasn't the safest place for a foreigner to be as over the last few years there'd been quite a few kidnappings, so I figured it's probably best to try and keep a low profile. Yeah, I stopped for a beer and this little sort of cafe place sat outside on the step and the owner came out and sort of sat with me for a beer and we chatted and then these two random guys who pulled up in a car stopped and chatted as well. They take wanting photos with me and stuff, so... And then at my last stop at Little Garage, all the garage attendants came over and were chatting to me. So yeah, they, they were really helpful and really kind. So yeah, people are nicer than they are in uh, Azerbaijan at the moment. And I found a good little camping spot, a bit close to the road, and you might be able to hear some ducks <laughs> seem to be nearby as well. And loads of mosquitoes have so had to hole up in the tent already. 
I have to say, the people of Dagestan were some of the friendliest people I met on the whole trip. Unfortunately though, the conditions in Dagestan weren't so friendly. I seemed to have a constant headwind and I got really bad food poisoning. I'd had plenty of upset stomachs on the trip, but this was by far the worst I'd had and it come at one of the few times I couldn't even afford to have a day off. So I battled on, looking for ways to go a little bit quicker. I just had a very frustrating experience there. I finally managed to get tucked in behind one of the big lorries, um, one of the double lorries. They tend to go about 50 kilometers an hour, so if you can get in behind them, you can keep with them. And I had three in a row, so the first two gave me a bit of momentum. As they came past me in the third one, I managed just to squeeze in behind it and get into the slipstream. And I was just cruising along at 50 kilometers an hour for a few kilometers. And then, unfortunately, we hit one of these security checkpoints. We all stopped and the lorries got waved through. So I've lost all three of those slow lorries. And I got brought in for a bloody passport check and checked through my bags. It's a bit annoying. I never did manage to draft any more lorries that day, so I had to grind out 170 kilometres, pushing all the wind myself. By the end of the day, I found myself riding on a road that hadn't been finished yet. Some bits were tarmacked, but most of it, it was just a sandy base layer. But it looked a much better option than riding on the official road, which was an unsealed road, full of lorries that were kicking up dust. So I'm um, just woken up on day 106, uh, basically camped by the side of this sort of road that they're building. I thought it'd be a pretty good spot, but a couple of cars did drive past. So that was a bit worrying, but no one stopped or anything, thankfully. Unfortunately, it's raining this morning. I tried to put the tent up properly, but I mean, I haven't got enough pegs anymore to peg it out. So it's pretty wet. The worst was in the middle of the night trying to get the cover on the tent and cramping up in the hamstring. <laughs> Which is a pretty awful experience. But yeah, I feel a bit defeated today. 140 kilometres to get to this town, uh, Astrakhan. Which I really feel I could do with getting to because there's not many hotels once I get into Kazakhstan for, for about 400 kilometres. I could do a charging up my battery packs and stuff as well. So yeah, I'd really like to, to make it to this place if I can. It took me all day, but I made it to Astrakhan just as it was getting dark. I treated myself to a half-decent hotel and managed to have my first proper meal for three days. The next day I would have loved a day off in Astrakhan, but it was the last day of my Russian visa. So I had a leisurely morning and then I set off towards the Kazakhstan border. Right, it's been a, an odd start to Kazakhstan. Um, yeah, got through the border post, no trouble, but yeah, the, the, the border guys, they're all about sort of, it looks 16, 17 years old, really young. And there's about five or six different posts you have to go through and show your passport or get a bit of paper or whatever. And uh, every time I, I went up to one of them, the, the two lads who were there would just piss themselves laughing. <laughs> and uh, I kind of just joined in with the laughing, I'm not sure what they were talking about, but I think the basically was, what the hell is this guy doing on a bicycle in the dark, coming into our country? But they were all really nice, and a few of them were, spoke quite good English and welcomed me and wished me good luck, and I got through no trouble in about 10 minutes. 
but yeah since I've come in the road which I thought would be like a main road is well it's just disintegrating into bits so it's really hard cycling on this in the, in, in the dark I mean I've got a pretty good front light but it's yeah it's just really bumpy and I thought that's the police, but it's just some guy with a funny horn. Um, yeah, so it's quite hard to see the roads. There's no markings, no white lines, no cat's eye. So it's quite hard just to even know where the road's really going and where to be on the road. And then there's workmen as well, working at kind of 10 o'clock at night on one side, building the new road, I think. It's all quite weird. And uh, yeah, it's creeping me out a bit, really. But I just need to find somewhere to camp pretty soon, I think. Or I just crack on and do a night ride. I was very happy when I found a decent spot to camp that night. Although the next day, I had the awful realisation that I'd be on this terrible road for the next few days as I cycled through to the town of Atarai. It wasn't all bad though. The scenery was pretty epic and there weren't any hills to worry about. And at one point, I got very close to the Caspian Sea. So I thought I'll take a little detour and go and have a look. So I've just reached the village of Zinaden, cycled through that to get to the to the beach as it looks on the map, but there's about three miles of flat scrubland before you get to the sea. So I've walked a couple of those, but then there's another mile of sand to get to the sea. So I've given up now. I've seen the Caspian. There was a sign that said no swimming, which is a bit worrying. Uh, <laughs> but I can't imagine it gets very deep very fast. But uh, maybe there's some quicksand or something there, who knows. The good news is, though, hopefully this village looks pretty big, so I might find somewhere to get a bit of food and drink when I get back to the bike. And uh, that's another thing, I've just left the bike sort of in this sandy track that I got stuck in about two miles away. So I hope no one steals it or my wallet or passport that I've just left in there as well. I wasn't expecting this walk to be quite so far. Thankfully, the bike was still there when I got back to it. As I got closer to Atarai, the road improved, and after just three days, I rolled into the city and even treated myself to a night in a hotel. So on to day 112, I'm just sat in the, uh, well, basically the beer garden, really, the scene of the crime where the, uh, the bike was stolen from. I found breakfast. So I've had a bit of whatever it is, eggs and some pretty awful cold meat and cheese. And some, well, one nice cup of tea. And then the second cup of tea is basically another pot of water or glass of water. And they reused my tea bag that I'd put to one side <laughs> in my new water. So yeah, if I give it five minutes, it might brew out to something resembling tea but at the minute it looks like water <laughs> with an old tea bag stuck in it um, so yeah it doesn't look like bikes coming back so I'm gonna there's another bike shop that I'm gonna try and find today see if they have any maybe second-hand bikes or uh, cheaper bikes in it so we'll have a look Let's see what we can do I think I'll have to have one more night here and then hopefully Saturday the wind is going to be from the west 
so that would be a good time to leave if I've got any kind of vehicle to leave on. In a strange way, I think it was a good thing that the bike was stolen. I'd really been struggling the last few weeks through the desert. And now that the bike was gone, I had the perfect excuse to throw in the towel. But after a day moping around Atarai, I realised there was only one thing I wanted to do, and that was get another bike and get back out there. So day 113, we are on the road again, thank God. Oh, I think if I'd had to spend any more time in Atarai, I probably would have just jumped off the bridge. Um, it started to really depress me, that place. Oh, it's quite a nice town. There's a few nice places to go. and The, the rivers. We've got a nice river and some nice walking. But yeah, checked out the hotel with all my luggage. Carted all the stuff to the bike shop in the shopping centre. And then uh, managed to find a bike. Uh, a giant charcoal, which is pretty basic mountain bike but it had the uh, the fittings for a pannier rack so the guy managed to get the good pannier rack that he had one good rack he had in his shop he managed to fit that so the panniers are all pretty secure and I'm, I'm very well actually probably better than on the other bike definitely need some slick tires there's a lot of resistance on the tires and the gearing like all mountain bikes is a little bit lightly geared so top speed is around 20 miles per hour really that doesn't really matter apart from today where I've got a 20 mile per hour wind behind me so I'm absolutely flying along so I'm on the road for day 114 pretty lazy morning actually it's already half nine and I'm just just set off now uh, it rained quite a bit in the night so I had to dry the tent off in the morning um, I'm really struggling, <laughs> down to three tent pegs and it was windy last night so I couldn't really get the tent up properly at all so basically half or about a third of the tent just got flooded with water I'm on the R110 at the moment <coughs> I think I'm on that pretty much for the next three or four hundred kilometres to get to Uzbekistan there's quite a big town at the end of Kazakhstan called Beinu which, uh, hoping I can get there maybe by tomorrow night if I just ride solid for two days. With a good tailwind and lovely smooth tarmac I easily made it to Bainu in two days. I even found a hardware shop there and managed to get some giant nails which doubled up quite well as tent pegs. After a night in a surprisingly luxurious hotel I was headed into my next country. Well I am through into Uzbekistan pretty much without incident the border crossing queues were horrendous for the uh, I think mainly Uzbeks coming back into Uzbekistan with loads of stuff <laughs> that they maybe get in Kazakhstan and Russia for cheaper so and I was really lucky I jumped all the queues thankfully yeah, and got through in about 30-40 minutes and uh, I managed to find a, a money changer so I changed all my money but they give it out in tiny bills so I've now just got a wad load of money. <laughs> just a crazy amount of, of notes. Things started off pretty well in Uzbekistan. There was a good restaurant on the border, so I had a good meal and stocked up on six litres of water. As I knew from here, it was 170 kilometres to the next truck stop at a little place called Jaslik. I then rode a comfortable 40 kilometres with a decent tailwind before I set up camp for the night. 
just set off on day 117. Um, it's not looking good. I've got a 20 mile per hour headwind now. The wind seems to switch to a strong easterly wind, which is really bad news. I'm averaging about 12 kilometers an hour at the minute, and um, that's not going to get any better with this wind. It's just really strong wind which is really really depressing as I, I was hoping from the weather forecast it looked like it would stay at westerly for three or four days at least the nearest town is 120 kilometers from where I am now so literally I'm gonna have to just ride all day just to get some supplies hopefully at the end of the day two litres of water which isn't really enough I don't think for 10 hours of riding uh, the other issue I've got is this road is disintegrating in various bits like now so you have to pick your way through the bits that are still still rideable that happened about 10 kilometres into Uzbekistan started off so well, lovely smooth road and a tailwind last night and now I'm, I'm not on the road and I've got a massive headwind. This was the first time on the trip that I was genuinely worried and I knew I had to ration the water but with the sun beating down and the temperature into the 40s I just couldn't stop drinking it. Hot plasticky water had never tasted so good. The other problem I had was there was literally no shade out there so the only times I could take a break was when I found a pole and I'd prop the bike up against it and lie in the shade of the panniers. After five hours I'd covered less than 40 kilometers and I was pretty much out of water. When in the distance I could see two people sat by the side of the road. I thought they must be hitchhikers but as I got closer I saw one of them was holding a bottle of water. Thankfully they were out there selling bottles of water. I guess there's a pretty good trade in passing truck drivers and the odd crazy cyclist. The water crisis might have been averted, but it was still one hell of a tough day. By the late afternoon I was struck by a thunderstorm with torrential rain and 60 mile per hour winds. All I could do for 20 minutes was stand by the side of the road with the bike and try not to get blown over. At least in the evening the wind finally dropped and I set up camp just 10 kilometers short of the truck stop. So on today, I think it's 119, losing track. Thankfully, I've just coming through the village of Jaslik, only about 10 kilometers from where I camped. Had a really good camping spot, slept pretty well. Didn't rain, which is good. And um, yeah, I've got a lovely tailwind this morning. Just perfect, sort of 10, 15 mile per hour tailwind. Just blowing me along at a nice sort of 20 miles per hour. So uh, I've got a truck stop coming up in a minute. So I'm looking forward to some food. And then I've got about 170 kilometres after that to get to the next major town. If this tailwind continues, it should be alright. Should make that today. So I found a lovely restaurant this afternoon, the Bon Voyage, where I had about three, three meals and a couple of really cold beers. Yeah, that was just the uh, just what I required. And now I find a sort of place for a bit of a nightcap about eight o'clock and I've got a guy running over with a melon for me.
Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Rama. After over 400 kilometers cycling through Uzbekistan, I'd finally reached my first proper town. So I've made it to Nukus, which is quite a nice town actually, or probably a city really, quite a big place. Just booked into the Tashkent Hotel, which is quite a posh place actually. Looks a bit ridiculous and I turn up with my cycling kit, not, I haven't had a wash for five days. They let me in, so that's all right. And uh, just been for some food, got the the national dish which is like a risotto with a bit of meat called plov and a couple of beers at this little cafe on the river couldn't quite work out the price it was like two pounds <laughs> just felt a bit too cheap but anyway i paid my two pounds so yeah i'll take that so uh on today 122 Today's not gone very well really, I set off about 10.30, a strong headwind unfortunately which I think could be for the next three or four days really, all the way to Bukhara, which is going to make life hard as I go through another desert. And then I was trying to slipstream, I managed actually to get a really good slipstream on this old lorry that was doing just 20 miles per hour, so perfect for, for a couple of minutes. And then I hit some really big potholes unfortunately I got a pinch puncture on my front tyre it went flat immediately at 20 miles per hour I probably would have been alright but because the brakes are switched around on this bike I instinctively went for what I thought was the rear brake but it's actually the front brake on this bike so yeah when I put the front brake on it sent me into a front wheel skid and I just couldn't control it and it came off um, not too bad banged my knee quite badly uh, so quite painful but my hands and stuff aren't too bad got a bit of a sore left elbow as well but I've come off it pretty well then I had to fix, fix this pinch puncture which was two big holes and I faffed around for a while and uh, an old couple of guys came and helped me and they told me there was a bike shop one kilometre away so when I couldn't fix it uh, properly and it went down when I put the wheel back on I walked up to this bike shop, which was, yeah, it was luckily only a kilometre away. And there was about 10 of them stood around it. And yeah, I became a bit of a figure of fun, I think, for 10 minutes. But anyway, I managed to fix the puncture with a big audience. And uh, the guy the guy who owned the bike, well, it wasn't really a bike shop, but the kind of maintenance shop, had a foot pump, so I've got some good air pressure in the front wheel there. back on the road anyway and we'll trundle on into this headwind so I've just seen a, a lovely lake onto my right hand side which is basically the border that we're Turkmenistan um, and I could see a nice sort of cliff top that I could just cycle up about a few hundred meters to to get a good photo so I headed off up there for, away from the main road on this sandy track uh, towards what I could see was a little tower and then as I got within about 50 yards of it some uh, military uh, army people came out of the tower and started shouting at me to leave I think so uh, yeah my first experience at the uh, the border police of uh, Uzbekistan 
but it's a great spot I guess to look for people crossing over but as far as I'm aware not much issue between Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan anyway I still got a decent enough photo but yeah even when I was taking photos they were whistling at me <laughs> so I didn't hang around too long so uh, on to day 125 um, it feels like uh, the last probably the last day in the desert the desert's decided to show its teeth a bit a nice 40 mile an hour head crosswind a shitload of lorries coming past as well all the time and then up crappy old road that's half disintegrated uh, it's full of potholes and it's really narrow so I just have to go off the road sometimes and there's lots of vehicles coming past but at least it's not too hot yeah, but it is only about nine o'clock. Later that day, I reached Bukhara and the desert was finally finished. I'd covered 2000 kilometers through the desert in just 16 days on the bike. Although at times it had been pretty tough going, there is something quite mesmerizing about cycling through a flat desert landscape. From Bukhara, I was heading back into the mountains and toward Dushanbe in Tajikistan. The plan from Dushanbe would be to ride the Pamir Highway, which would take me up towards the border with China and the chance to then cross into Pakistan. So I'm in the usual no man's land now between Uzbekistan and Tajikistan. Um, it's probably the most nervous I've been exiting a country, as you have to show these registration papers for all the hotels you've been in. I was really worried, I've only stayed in four hotels in over two weeks, that I might be in trouble for not, not registering enough, but luckily just looked at them and then put them in a tray. But he did want to see the paper, so I'm glad I did stay in a few hotels. So yeah, I'm happy to be out. Anyway, let's just hope I can get into Tajikistan. You have been listening to The Long Way to India by me, Ben Manuja.